0: A Welcome to Darpanini. This is Saratova Best. We're going to talk about a because we need to get our groggers ready to destroy a We have to remember him, we have to erase him. It's kind of a cryptic idea. Um, we need to get rid of him. Question is: why? Now really, I'm going to talk about a and Mickey Mouse. A and Mickey Mouse. If you're a big lover of Mickey Mouse, then you might consider this sheer PG parental guidance, meaning you shouldn't listen to it. Because what if you get upset? What if you love Mickey Mouse so much that you're not going to be happy what you hear? Um, so um, listen at your own risk. So let's talk about Amalek and Mickey Mouse. First of all, just a little a little preparation. It says that you know when Ma'aser Menu held up his arms we were able to win against Amalek. And when his arms went down, we were losing. That's so strange. You don't see that about any other war that we ever fought. You know, not with Yaakov, Avinu, not Abram and the five kings, and nothing. No other war were, was it necessary to hold up, for Maishra Benu to hold up his arms, and that means we win. So we know that a Amalek is a whole other category of enemy. Because all the other nations can be transformed. A male cannot. But a whole other Sheer. But we want to talk about, we want to talk about Mickey Mouse. That's what we said. And the question is all about Mickey Mouse and Disneyland and Disney World. You know, Pesach, Chalem, Pesach a lot of people are going to be at Disney World. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with going to Disney World in Orlando. Just saying, you know, it's, it's close to home. So it, so what is this about a Amalek? He attacks, us, he attacks the young and the weak, the vulnerable. Not so much the young, but the weak and the vulnerable. The people when they're vulnerable and when they're in a position that they're vulnerable and as they are vulnerable. So what does he want? Why does he go after the vulnerable? Because he has a certain kind of energy that nobody else has. When the, nations, when the nations of the world do something wrong, says the Maimarem, because they really aren't seeing Hashem clearly in front of them. They don't really see God. So when you don't, you can do the wrong things. When you do see God in, clearly in front of you, it will tend to make you um, follow that vision, follow what you see. And we're, we're like that too, only we're much more like that. You know, when we really integrate, well, this is Hashem, then our lives are changing. And when we don't really experience Hashem that well, and we don't really integrate, we don't have dots of Hashem, then, you know, things go in, a, in different directions. Amalek is a special kind of creature that doesn't exist anywhere, except for in him. Says He knows Hashem, he knows God very well. And he's not inspired. He goes out to rebel against him. He has this kind of evil agenda. We probably saw saw it in the KGB, you know, at the turn of last century. This evil agenda that we're going to destroy God, God forbid. It's been throughout history. The Persians, this is the story of Purim. Common, why did he want to get rid of us? Can't stand somebody who has that connection. He wants to just eradicate it. That's it. So here's an interesting thing. Three mitzvahs that you have to do, that you do when you enter the land of Israel. You you appoint a king, you destroy you appoint a king, you destroy a Malek, and you build a base of Megish. We know from Chasidus, three generations of the Rebbe Rashab, the Rebbe Ayat, and our generation. Of those three entities, the Rebbe Rashab began his first minor saying, Kevi Yudmuch, Yudmucha, Malchus. Something occurred in the world when the Rebbe Rashab became Rebbe, I guess, 1880, I think so, that brought the in, brought Malchus Hashem's malchus into the world in a way that we didn't have before. Done. Certain level it was brought into the world. 1920, next move, next step. The Rebbe Rayas becomes Rebbe. His first mimer is Rashis Gayam Amalek. He declares, I was sent by Hashem into this world to defeat Amalek. To begin in serious, in a serious way, the defeat of a Malek. So that in the seventh, in the next generation, 1950, we can start to build a base in We can start to turn the whole world into a base, base in So I did some research on Donald Duck and on Mickey Mouse. Now, okay, so we're saying 1920, tough K, pay. The Rebbe becomes Rebbe and declares it makes this declaration. Now, my generation, from nineteen twenty to nineteen fifty, these years, these thirty years are all about beginning the war in serious way in a serious war against the Malik. Now one of the things we know is that when a Sadis begins a serious war against an unholy force, the unholy force will kick back. It feels like it's on the way out, so it's going to kind of expose itself a little more it's going to show, it, show its true colors it's, not, it's going to come out of the woodwork it's going to come out of the closet and it's going to try to do things in a little more obvious way You know, it's really going to work hard we saw that with the Altareva the Balatanya that the Altareva stood for you know, stood for really three, you could say three principles, liberty, freedom, liberty equality and fraternity in our own way I'll explain it at a different time. At some point, after the, the Altareva becomes Rebbe, comes along Napoleon to bring those same three principles, but in the opposite of holiness. In darkness. The fight for holiness. So we're, we're familiar with this principle. So I, 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 I found out recently that, you know, all those cartoons that many children grew up with, from Disneyland, all those cartoons weren't so innocent at all. You know, it was, it was and continues to be promoted as family fun and healthy entertainment for children, you know, Mickey Mouse, Donald Duck, etc. And really embedded in all this stuff, if you go back and watch these things um, with guidance, there's a lot of occult, all kinds of signs and signals and, and, and things and occult and values, extremely unhealthy values that were embedded into all of those 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 um those cartoons you know but they embedded it very carefully remember a mulac's very smart i'm not saying that walt disney is a mulac but i'm saying that it seems to me that a mulac really after 1920 and then we'll we'll see 1927 terface peyton 1927 28 boom there was this big push on the part of a mulac to get to the innocent and the pure, to make them less innocent and less pure, because their innocence and their purity is their power, is their power. When we are pure and innocent, we have such unlimited power, we can turn over, we can illuminate the entire world. And the forces of a Amalek, as just when we came out of Mitzrayim, we were in our full power. A malach came to cool us off. That's what a always does when he sees that we're in our full power. We're holy. We're in our full power. We really have the power of Hashem to just light up the whole world. A malach appears at that moment. He says he comes four times when we came out of Mitzrayim on the way into Eretz Yisrael in the time of Shalom Elach. So I guess two times coming out of Mitzrayim on the way into Eretz Yisrael forty years later. Um, with Shaul HaMelech and then just before Yemaisa Mashiach, ding ding ding, here we are, just before Yemaisa Mashiach. Fourth time, a Molek comes along in full force. Sometimes he does it openly. The first time he came, when we came out of Mitzrayim, he was openly a mullet. The second time, I think he concealed himself, as Vayava Kanani. The third time, it, it was open, and the fourth time, now. He comes concealed. He kind of puts on somebody else's costume. Costume. Think about Purim. He puts on somebody's costume, so you're not quite sure who he is. That's one of the reasons we wear costumes on Purim. You're not really sure who's who's inside that costume. you just you look at the costume, and that's what's impressive. And you forget to wonder who's inside the costume. And a does that. Remember all the good things that we do in kedusha and holiness. He does in the opposite of holiness. He mimics everything we do. If you listen to the Shia before this on Purim, we have Messiris Nefesh. We will, we, we will do things completely outside of the realm of reason. We're ready for Messiris Nefesh, Kiddush Hashem. Amalek mimics the whole thing. He'll do things that are insane. He mimics us. Just insane in a negative way. Anyway. So let's get back to the idea of Mickey Mouse. So it turns out that if you look at all the cute little songs and all the cartoons, you'll see all kinds of, like a lot of really unhealthy values for kids who would who would teach that to kids, you know, but it, it, it was so insidious with all the funny songs and all the little characters jumping around and dancing and, you know, spinning the wheel and jumping from, you know, Jiminy Cricket jumping from here to there and Donald Duck and... So it's all concealed in funny little things. It's very Purim-like. It's very Purim-like. All those cartoons are very Purim-like because one of the things we do is on Purim we're, we're, we're being Donald Duck and we're, you know, doing cartwheels down the street. And what's concealed inside of all these kind of funny little things is literally like Purim is a cartoon, only we're doing it in holiness. And we're doing cartwheels going down the street. Dressed as Donald Duck or whatever. What's inside is a very, a, our full power as, as, as Jews, as Yidin, and our ability for Kiddush Hashem that is something that doesn't exist for anybody else. If you listen to my forum share, you'll, you'll see what I'm, I'm talking about. So it's very interesting that the way we do forum is exactly the way they did the cartoons in Disneyland. In the world of Disney, before there was a Disneyland. I don't know when they made Disneyland. But the cartoons of Disneyland were all these funny kind of things and cartwheels and little funny animals and all that funny, funny little things and, and stuff embedded in there, in this case, in the cartoons, some really not savory uh, symbols, witchcraft, occult, Etc., unhealthy values, don't listen to your parents, never grow up, etc., etc. You know, go to Never Neverland where you don't have to listen to anybody, you can do whatever you want, etc., etc., etc. And it was all enclosed in these funny little pranks. And it's so interesting when we think about it, the connection between Purim and, and, and cartoons, because Purim is one large cartoon the way we do it now, and we should do it this way. Only the difference for us is what we are hiding inside of the little prank and the costume is something very, very, very holy. What's underneath the surface on Purim of all these funny little dances dancing down the street and people standing upside down and, you know, playing the trombone while they're on a unicycle or walking on stilts, What's really, there's a secret embedded on Purim inside of all these funny little cartoon-like pranks that we do. And the secret is a very holy, beautiful secret about who we are as Yidin. And how luminous we are. And how pure we are. And how and what our mission is in this world, to fill the world with Hashem's light. That's the secret that's inside the little cartoon that we do all for A beautiful, incredible secret. The secret. Who is Hashem? Who is a Yid? Who connects them all? Moshiach? What connects them all? The Taira? It's an incredible secret. It's beautiful that all of this is embedded in these cartoons that we create, these live cartoons that we create on tour. Now let's go back to the now a Malik always mimics us. So we said 1920 tafresh pei, the Rebbei declared this is our mission to destroy a Malik, But for seven years. It was very, very difficult. Underground yeshivas, underground learning. Very, very, very difficult. People being taken away to Siberia. Terrifying times. People giving their, Yidin giving, giving their lives al-Kiddush Hashem. Chisidim, giving their lives al-Kiddush Hashem. The KGB, the Amalek of the time, knew that their arch enemy was the Rebbe Rayas, the Shizik Rebbe. The Rebbe. And they tried everything to get rid of him. And finally, it all came to a head in Tafresh Pei in 1927. No, he was imprisoned, etc., and wanted to end his life, and everything turned around. Hashem made a miracle, and the Rev. Ayas was freed on Yudbeis Thomas and declared, I am not the only one who was redeemed. The whole world has been redeemed through this. Now, let's, let's, let's ask ourselves a question. Redeemed in what? The Reverend I.S. declared seven years later, "My mission is to destroy a So that means that the that the the mission of destroying a has moved forward. We're on the way. Success. So here comes the kickback. This is my thought. I looked it up. When was you know when was the first Disney character created? When did Disney the world of Disney begin with all the cartoons. 1927. First one was, I forget, Oswald, I forget the name of the character. And then right away, right a few, a few, a, a number of weeks in November after yud Thomas, Mickey Mouse was created. Boom. And the whole thing begins. Now Mickey Mouse is a pretty, uh, pretty benign kind of little funny guy. You know, he is a pretty funny guy. Nothing really wrong with Mickey Mouse per se, you know, but the messages that were you that were embedded through Mickey Mouse and Donald Duck and I forget all of the, you know, all the things and all the movies and all the the Seven White Dwarves and Snow White and all this other stuff. Peter Pan, etc. All of the all the 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 horror, horrible messages that are not child appropriate and not wholly appropriate that were embedded in all this stuff, where do you think it came from? A mulek? Am I going to say Walt Disney was a mullet? No, I don't know. I'm not a big expert. But at going for the innocent, the children, to make sure that their power through their innocence, is not developed, but on the contrary, thwarted. Here we had it. The world of Disney. an unbelievable thing. Just, you know, go, go online, do some research, and um, you'll find out some interesting things. The dates are chilling. As soon as the Rebbe Hayat has the first victory against a Amalek, Amalek begins a whole new project with the children all around the world. And in such a funny way, a mimicking of pouring. The clowns and the ducks and, the, you know, and the laughing ducks and the, you know, the daffy duck and the bug and the bunny, the bug's bunny and the etc., Mickey Mouse, Minnie Mose, all those things. Playing the music, dancing with the big shoes, all of that, and all the stuff embedded, all the witchcraft, all the occult, and all that stuff. Just watch it, embedded in all of that stuff, and all the unhealthy values of how a child should, and all of the adult, provocative, for adults only behavior that's being shown to children, for what reason? Children don't engage in those kinds of relationships. So why is this being promoted to children? Makes you wonder. So, how do we fix this? And remember we were saying, that's from the beginning, Myshur Benu in the war against Amalek, and we're going to say the Reva Rayat, the Myshur Benu of his generation, in the war against Amalek. He knew what he was doing. To win against a mullah, well, he has to lift up his arms. When his arms are up, we're winning. When his arms are down, we're losing. What is that about the arms? So we could say that, you know, maybe people are listening to this. I'm sure some people already hung up because it's too upsetting because exactly the point. Because you have fond childhood memories of watching cartoons and, and you don't want to hear this. Again, we're not talking about something that's kaddish kaddishin. I'm not talking against your rabbi. I'm talking against Disney World. If we have this fond feeling and this place in our heart for Disney World, and don't talk to me, don't disappoint me about Disney World. Mm, that's the point. That a comes along to the those who are weak and innocent and vulnerable. And he is able to brainwash them in such a way that they somehow feel this deep emotional connection to him. That's the technique. This this emotional connection to him. So in in our minds, we could say, oh my goodness, I went and did the research. And I watched all the things about The cartoons, and oh my goodness, I never realized that. It's really true. So my head is now convinced. My mind is now convinced. Is my heart convinced? Well, maybe, unless I have such fun memories of sitting with my brothers and sisters eating popcorn watching cartoons, let's say. Then what? How do I unenslave my heart? Because when Amalek um, attacked us, when he came to us to influence us, let's say, it was when we just came out of Mitzrayim. We have a Mitzrayim in our body. It's called the throat, the Metsar, the Metsar Agarim. We talk about it a lot when it comes to Pesach. That's the next installment about Pesach, Massach. We have our mind, our head, and then we have our heart. And physically, between your you know, your head is hopefully a certain size, and your heart is a certain size, but it's got this narrow passageway between the two of them, and it's called your throat. So anything that's going to go down from your head to your heart, it gets stuck in your throat. It's called the metharagaran, the constriction of the throat. That's why sometimes, you know, when emotion is coming up to our, our mind, you know, we can't talk. Or when we hear something that's overwhelming us, it just doesn't want to come down into our heart. It just gets stuck. And we just, we can't talk. Often when people have um, experiences that are too big for them to integrate, they either fall asleep or they simply can't talk. Because it gets stuck in the throat. Either on the way up from the heart or on the way down from the brain. So we have our own, it's just this time, we have our own need to get past the constriction, the mates are, of this throat. We need to get what we know in our brain. If we have stuff in our heart that needs to get up to our brain, that's one constriction. And if we have stuff in our brain that needs to come, come down to our heart, like the knowledge of how we, with a spark of Myshardainu in us, have the necessity to wipe out a Mullach, however that will look in this generation, and not become prey to a Mullak ourselves. And so we need to go through our own Yitzis Mitzraim of coming out of Mitzraim and unenslaving our hearts from all the cute little childhood things that we saw in the little cartoons that were so cute, whoever saw them and unenslave ourselves from that, get our hearts free. It's easier to get your mind to be free. You learn enough, Tyra, you get your mind to be free and clear clear. It's harder to get your heart to be free. So and it's harder to, you know, well in fact there's a story of a certain rabbi who was working with a young man who had gotten He had gone through a divorce and he couldn't sleep at night and he was listening to the radio and he um, got involved with the missionaries and it through a lot of work with him, he was ready to disconnect from the missionaries, a Jewish young man, and it came time to throw all of his missionary books in the incinerator. And as he was doing them, he was crying because his heart was still connected to those books. He still felt a sort of a loyalty and a warm, cozy space, a warm, cozy feeling in his heart about those books. So as long as we have a warm, cozy feeling in our heart about Mickey Mouse, Donald Duck, they themselves are fairly benign. But all the stuff that, was, that they were used, those characters were used for, all those ugly values and hashkaffas that were inserted into our subconscious, through those little characters, we don't want to feel warm, fuzzy feelings towards them. Because we need to get the heart cleared out too. So for that, you have My Benu lifting up his arms. As long as he lifts up his hands and his arms, we're winning against Amali. We will eliminate him from our hearts, from our minds, and from the entire world. That's what we're here to do. But as long as his hands and his arms are down, then we were losing. You could say the the arms are, you know, what you do practically. Your hands and your feet do niches. And I will say that if you see where your arms are connected to your body, it's kind of near the heart. So when your arms are down, you know, it's not working. What we want to do is lift up. If we're stuck in our hearts with these nice, warm, cozy, mushy memories of stuff that didn't do us any good, what we want to do is lift it all up to the heavens, lift it up to Shemayim. It says that when, because my Benu held his arms up, we were able to look up to Shemayim, look up to our Father in Heaven, and ask for help. But also. I'm going to say, I'm going to postulate. But the lifting up of the arms is we're reaching up with the heart energy and saying, if anything needs to be cleared, because I got enslaved to a malek in any tiny way, let's lift it all up. Let's lift up all that heart energy up to a higher level and ask for the Yud Gim Omidus, the up above Yud Vavke and ask for Hashem in his infinite kindness to just clear us of all this stuff so that we can clearly know and be able to do our job in the ultimate, the final battle, which is remember what a molec did you, did to you. He cooled you off when you were first born, when you were little babies, and he cooled you off through those idiotic cartoons he cool you off from truth through those idiotic cartoons. Sorry to say it. Sorry to use that word. Remember what he did to you. He didn't do you any favor. And then at the same time, when we remember it, and I guess arouse enough outrage that we say, What? We let him do that? then our next step is macha emcha, destroy, erase him, erase any memory, erase him, erase him totally, do some research, find out what, you know, what's really going on in Disneyland and Disney World and what, you know, some of the ugly stuff of the world, why it's being filtered through there. And say it's a conspiracy theory. Okay. But we know. And the following is not a conspiracy. Our job is to remember Malik, remember what he did to us, remember how, and, and find out, be informed. How has he cooled us off? When we were pure and powerful, when we were born. What did he do over the years to cool us off? And then, we're going to destroy him. We're going to erase any memory of him. It's like you go under a plant. If you don't want this plant to ever grow again, you make sure that not even any little pieces of the seed remain in the earth because they might regenerate and start to grow another plant, which can end up in an entire garden, an entire forest ultimately. We want to make sure there's no regeneration. It's wiped out. Dig it up from underneath with all the roots and get rid of it completely. That's our job. And then we'll be assured on this forum with that Kaban in mind that since the third mitzvah when you come to Eretz Yisrael, the first is appoint a king, the second is destroy a Amalek, and the third is build the base of Nezash. So we'll be assured that although it doesn't seem in style to fight wars or to be unpeaceful but about a Amalek, we as Yidin are told to be unpeaceful destroy him and get rid of him and destroy his memory forever and from that we move to the ultimate phase of building the base of Mezish, building the base of Shlishi, and may it be on this Purim that we find ourselves in that base of Mezish. and then it will be La Yehudim Ha'isa Ar V'Simcha V'Satan King T'In t-il-anu.